Welcome to Dominion Today with Kevin and Chantel Davis, a podcast where you will learn how to discover your calling, live your purpose, and fulfill your destiny. By listening to these episodes, you'll build the confidence you need to operate in dominion and authority so you can walk in the revelation of the victory that belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Now, here's your host, Kevin Davis. So in 2 Kings chapter 4, we read about a wife, a woman who sees and recognizes the fact that there is a prophet in town. There is the man by the name of Elisha who comes through town and she wonders to herself, where does he even go to stay? Where does he stay? Where does he live? Where does he dwell? Where does he go when he comes to visit the town? And so she has this conversation with her husband and she said to her husband, this is verse 9, she said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Now, a couple of things I want to mention just quickly for the sake of time. Looking at the furnishings, looking at that which she specifically says that she was going to put into this room. Just, just think about this. They have this home. Now they are adding a second story to their home. And this second story, this upper room, is dedicated towards the needs of the man of God. And inside of this room, she specifically says that they are going to put in a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Why is that significant? Whenever the Bible says something specific, I mean, the Bible could have just said, and there they built a home and furnished it with everything that he needed. But the Bible makes specific mention of the bed, the chair, and then the lamp as well as the table that was placed inside. So what is the bed? Why is that important? And what is symbolic of these four things? Well, first of all, the bed speaks of the place of rest. When you have the bed, it is a place where you go to rest. And so what God is even saying and what is significant about this is that we need to get back to a place where we can rest in the Lord. When we can be in a place that despite what is happening all around us, there is a place that we can go to. There is a place that we can retreat to and knowing that in Him we find true rest. There is also a table that is placed inside of this room. What is the table symbolic of? It reminds us of that which is written in Psalms chapter 23, that He is the one who prepares a table for us, even in the very midst of our enemy. Think about this just for a moment again. That feast that God prepares, that the Lord prepares, it's not just some sort of fast food. It's not just a morsel of bread. He prepares a feast for you. He prepares that table, that feast meal before the very presence of your enemy. So the enemy has no choice but to stand there and is not able to partake. The enemy has to stand there and recognize that you are blessed and highly favored. Then also there is 
a lamp. Oh, sorry, a chair. What is the chair? The chair is the seat of authority. It signifies and symbolizes authority. And so what is so important is that we get to that place of understanding our true authority in Christ. That we will have dominion over every sickness and disease. As I was saying a little bit earlier, to have dominion over poverty and lack. That we understand that it is up to me and I'm standing on my faith and I'm engaging my faith. And that whatsoever is thrown my way, whatsoever is standing in my way, that once I have spoken to it once, if it still refuses to move, it has just declared itself to be an enemy of God. That is the tenacity that needs to rise up on the inside of you. Not to have this timid outlook on life that, hey, you are just this weak little Christian who can just be slapped around by all of the world. No, 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 no. You take a stand. Stand firm in your faith, but you can only stand firm in your faith when you are truly rooted and anchored in Christ. Come on, if you are rooted and anchored in Christ, just shout amen. Amen. And then a lamp. What is a lamp symbolic of? A lamp is symbolic of revelational knowledge. The Bible speaks about the fact that the lamp is a guide unto my path. So God illuminates our path for us. So that by the time we take that next step, that next space is already illuminated. We might not be able to see way back or way far into the distance. But you know what? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. That lamp to our feet is all we ever need in Jesus' name. But look at this. What happened with this woman? I've just highlighted the symbolic meaning of these particular furnishings that were put into the room. But let's not forget that she physically put those furnishings inside of, those, or of that room. And what happened is this, is that when you do something for God, God then comes and does something for you. Because listen what to what happened next. In verse 16, she receives a prophetic word. This man of God looks upon that which she has done unto him and then prophesies over her. Because at that particular point in time, she was a barren woman. So he prophesies and he says that by this time next year, you will hold the promise of God in your arms. You would have conceived and you would have already given birth to the promise of God. That is what happened as a result of her faithfulness and her obedience and willingness to do something significant for God. Now, as Evangelist Nelson a few weeks ago spoke so eloquently about, a lot of times we get to this place and we might say, well, God is not physically walking on this earth. Jesus is not physically walking on this earth. So how can I actually then, in all practicality and reality, do something meaningful for God? And this is the very same way in which this woman responded by doing something for the man of God, by doing something for the ministry of the Lord, for doing something that would advance the kingdom of God here on this earth. But what happened is this. This boy is now born, he's coming of age, and he's in the field 
when suddenly he screams out in agony and in pain. He holds his head and he says, my head, my head. And poof, he collapses and he dies. He dies. What happens is this mother picks him up, carries him where? To the bed inside of the man of God's room. Places the child on the bed that was prepared and reserved for the man of God. What she was doing is she was bringing the son back into the place of rest, the bed, but also back into the environment that encapsulates the anointing of God. She brought the child into the anointing. You see, what happened is this is that the seed that she sowed will now become her harvest. She was literally standing inside of her seed. You see, there is a miracle that is encapsulated in our seed. Every time we get to the place where we honor the Lord with the seed, there is a miracle encapsulated in that seed. Come on, you need to really grab a hold of us today. That this envelope here, this is an opportunity for you to enter in to a higher realm and a dimension with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's how you need to see it. When Gehazi asked her if all is well, she met with him. What did she say? She said, all is well. She could have taken that time to say, yeah, you, you prophets are all the same. You prophesy one thing today and then look, poof, my son has now died. What are you going to do about it? But she did not. She said, all is well. She did not take that opportunity to complain, to murmur, to moan. And so this is what we need to do when the enemy comes our way. Wants to cause us to question the authority of God's word. Wants to come in the same way that the enemy came in the Garden of Eden to Eve, saying, Did God really say? Because the enemy in her mind could have been, Yes, the Lord promised you a child. He did not promise you that he would come to age. Come on, we go, let's make this real this morning. Because these are the very same things that we face on a day to day basis. Amen. So this is real. This is raw. This is authentic. This is what we face in our daily lives. And so the next time the enemy comes your way and says to you, did God really say? Or when the enemy comes to you with a negative or a bad report and it seems as though it is final, your only response should be, it is well with me. It is well with me. Because that is a faith statement. That is a declaration of our faith that echoes into the highest of heavens. And it echoes into the spiritual realm. Because that is how we truly take authority over the devil. Because he cannot stand the language of faith. He cannot stand it when we begin to operate by faith. Is that which God has said, I believe it and it will surely come to pass. It is well. What happens is this, and I want to just fast track the story, is that the man of God then comes and heals him. He is healed supernaturally. And then also what happens is this, 
the man of God warns her that there was coming a seven-year famine. But can you see that her single seed all the way back then, that one seed kept on producing, 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 producing. In other words, we are talking about a perpetual harvest. I'm not suggesting that we become Christians who sow a once-off seed and expect perpetual harvest. But what I'm saying is here is a woman because of her faithfulness, because of a single deed of hospitality and wanting to do something meaningful because of her generosity. That seed kept on giving. You see, you can count the number of seeds in an apple, but it is impossible for you to count the number of apples in a seed. You can count, if you were to fill this today with physical cash, you can count the number of notes or the value that is denoted to them. But can you truly count that which the Lord is going to release unto you as a result of your willingness and your obedience in faith? So what happens is that she leaves her home for the next seven years. She leaves, poof. Because of the warning. She was forewarned. She was forewarned. And as a result of that forewarning, she leaves. And then she comes back. Now she comes back to her land. But there's all kinds of disputes happening in this kingdom. And so what is happening is Gehazi just so happens to be at the palace at the time. Where he is telling the story of this woman. He's recounting the time that Elisha healed this, well, raised him back to life, this dead boy who came back to life and told the whole story. When instantly in that moment, some would say it's some sort of conspiracy, it's some sort of setup. As he's telling the story, this very woman enters into the palace. She states her case. And what is interesting is this. 2 Kings 8 verse 6. So he then directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. The everything the enemy took, he had to give back. Even that which was harvested in her absence. In other words, she would now receive and become the beneficiary of the value of crops that was harvested yet, which she did not plant. And it all can be traced back to a single seed. Where this woman in that moment in time looked at her husband and said, Husband, we need to do something. There is something we need to do in this very moment in time. And she did not say, oh, I will give you this if you promise me this or if you give me that. You see, you can never buy a miracle. Attempting to bribe the man of God or to attempt to bribe God himself, that's witchcraft. And that is something which is condemned from a biblical point of view. So I want you to know that you can never ever begin to bargain with God in an attempt to buy a miracle or to buy breakthrough. 
But then some might say, well, why is it that I have to bring a seed and sow a seed? It is because it is a kingdom principle. As long as the earth remains, the Bible says, seed time and harvest shall not cease. But when you begin to operate in the realm of the kingdom of God, it is governed by certain principles that are unlike the principles on the earth. Because in an earthly point of view, or from an earthly point of view, we engage in business transactions. We engage in business. In other words, you buy certain things, you sell certain things, or you make certain things, and you sell it for a profit. The world operates by means of buying and selling. In the kingdom of God, it operates by means of the principles of sowing and reaping. Kingdom principles. So I want you to understand, this is not you making a donation to a local charity. Because that is how many people see it. And from a legal standpoint, that's the language. But that is not at all the language of the kingdom of God. This is not you tipping God. This is not you giving something when I am a pastor. Shame, I must talk to him yet. This is not what it is. These bowls are not there for my breakthrough and for my benefit. It is there for your breakthrough and your benefit. Because we as a family would not be where we were today had it not been for opportunities such as this to honor God with our very best. And so, in closing, it was the single seed that produced again. And again, and again, and again. And so I prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that never again will you underestimate the power of a seed. May the seed that you sow today trigger a massive fundamental paradigm shift propelling you towards your destiny in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you'd like to help Kevin and Chantel reach and impact this generation, thank you in advance for sharing this episode with your world. If you have enjoyed Dominion today, follow Kevin and Chantel on Instagram, Facebook, and your favorite podcast platform, or connect with them online at dominion.org.za.